Hello, everyone. Good evening. Hope, hopefully uh, your day is going well. Um, welcome to my blog talk podcast, Heavenly Places. <clears throat> um, I'd like to thank you for uh, tuning in this evening. I'd also like to thank Dorothy uh, Carruthers for having me. I'm your host, Jameer. And we didn't have a, a show last week, um, but we're back on it again. We're back on it again, have, having a show uh, this week. Um, <clears throat> let's go ahead and open up in prayer this evening. Uh, Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. Clear understanding as a... Uh, we go through the uh, lesson this evening, Father, um, that you will open up my heart and open up those who are tuning in and listening, opening up their hearts, Father. Uh, we also lift up the uh, our nation, Father, Lord, and our government and the, the people in the government, our servicemen, just everyone, Father. We lift them up before you this evening. Um, uh, we just pray for your guidance, your direction your protection, and uh, your healing power, um, and also for all of those who are tuning in. I thank you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, so this evening, um, actually, you know, uh, the, the topic this evening is uh, on the uh, Gehazi, and uh, I had uh, been studying him for some time off and on and uh we know recently maybe in the last 10 years maybe longer um there's been a lot of talking about uh the lost books of the bible so i wanted to talk a a little bit about that because as as you're well aware of the the topic tonight is on the lost book of gehazi um if you uh, look at the lost book of, um, or the list of people that say uh, that there are our uh, lost books, I mean, there's 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 been several of several different types of lists. Um, you have the book of Adam and Eve, and then the Acts of Philip, and then you have one of the more popular books, um, especially in recent time, is the book of Enoch. So, and the, of course, we know that the book of Enoch is in the Coptic. Bible and some other uh, translations, but um, there's a, a lot of uh, archaeology and scholars and religious leaders, um, ministers and pastors who, who go over this topic of the lost books of the Bible. And um, I don't really want to talk about any of those books. However, I do want to talk about the Lost Book of Gehazi. And actually, if you look at one of those lists, you won't see Gehazi as a book. <clears throat> but um, we can learn about who, a little bit about who Gehazi is, and that's what we're going to talk about, you know. But in order to, to discover about Gehazi and his significance, um, before we get to know him, I, I believe we should uh, dive a little bit deeper into scripture and to into someone that we do know, and that is Elijah. 
Elijah, you know, the prophet Elijah. Um, He was a prophet in the northern kingdom of Israel when uh, Israel had been divided to the northern and southern kingdom. And Elijah, he was uh, the prophet in the northern kingdom. Um, And he's known as a prophet of miracles. And a lot of his works are recorded in the uh, book of First and Second Kings. Uh, they wrote a, uh, a lot about him. Now, though, these two books, you know, they're focused primarily on whoever was ruling Israel at the time. That's why it's called Kings. But uh, intertwined within those stories, we have uh, a lot of stories of the prophet Elijah. Now, I just want to read you a list of some of the miracles and prophecies uh, that our Heavenly Father, our Father in Heaven, uh, was able to execute uh, through Elijah. Um, And uh, it's 12 of them that I want to kind of go over. And I would just kind of give you the the scripture reference, and I will will tell you what the miracle was or what he did. Um, So the the very first one is uh, he caused the rain, Deceased for three and a half years. So that's recorded in First Kings chapter seventeen, verse one. Um, he he was fed by the ravens. You know, so we have birds uh, delivering a prophet Elijah meals. So that's First Kings seventeen, verse four. Um, the miracle of the barrel of meal um, and it. And a, a cruise of oil. So I remember when they was filling up the oils. Um, that's in First Kings seventeen verse fourteen. Then we have the re- resurrection of the widow's son. First <clears throat> Kings seventeen verse twenty two. He also called on fire from heaven on the altar. First Kings eighteen verse thirty eight. He calls it the rain in First Kings eighteen verse forty five. Uh, <clears throat> the prophecy that Ahab's sons will be destroyed, First Kings chapter twenty-two, verse twenty-one. The prophecy that Jebel—I mean, sorry, not Jebel—Jezebel will be eaten by dogs, First Kings chapter twenty-one, verse twenty-three. The prophecy that Ahaziah will die of his illness, Second Kings chapter one, verse four. Calling fire from heaven upon the first fifty soldiers, Second um, Kings chapter one verse ten, and then he actually did that again on the second fifty soldiers, two verses later in Second uh, Kings chapter one verses one through twelve, and then parting of the Jordan in Second uh, Kings chapter two verse eight. So Elijah performed many. Many miracle signs and wonders. He walked in the word of prophecy, uh, a very of our Father, um, and also the New Testament. Jesus talks about him, and he's mentioned, I believe, in uh, the Book of James. Um, and actually, one of the last miracles that uh, that happened with uh, Elijah was a. Uh, in Second Kings, we have basically he was caught up in a whirlwind with one of them, and the other one was that he actually passed the torch from Elijah to Elisha. 
Elisha, we have Elijah, E-L-I-J-A-H, to the prophet Elijah, E-L-I-S-H-A. So we see the reign of a succession right there, the passing of the torch or the passing of the baton. Now, uh, Elijah, Elisha, he also performed many mighty miracles. Um I I'm gonna list a few of his and his was also his the ones he did was in Second Kings. Uh he parted the Jordan in Second Kings chapter two verse fourteen. Um healing of the waters in Second Kings chapter two verse twenty one. Curse of the she bears in Second Kings chapter two verse twenty four. Filling of the valley with water, Second Kings chapter three verse seventeen. Uh, deception of the Moabites with the Valley of Blood, Second Kings, to the miracle of the vessels of oil, Second Kings four four, prophecy that the Shunammite woman would have a son, Second Kings chapter four verse sixteen, um, resurrection of the Shunammite son, I'm, and I'm gonna go ahead and just because he did, he actually did more miracles than uh, Elijah did, uh, healing of the gourds. The miracle of the bread, he was involved in the healing of uh, Naaman. Uh, the perception of uh, Gehaz- Gehazi's transactions, and we're going to talk about that one a little bit later. Uh, the floating of the axe head, the prophecy of the Syrian battles, the vision of the chariots. Um, that's when uh, they were, uh, he was there with his servant. And I believe actually the, the servant may have been uh, Gehazi. And uh, basically the servant was scared because they were surrounded by this army. But uh, Elijah said, uh, don't fear because there are more with us than against us. And he prayed that his servant's eyes would be open. And he seen that there was a chariot to fire around them, you know, protecting them. Um, which I believe is we have also the protection of our father around us, though we oftentimes don't see it or don't feel it. Uh, our father is always with us. Um, oh, going on with Elijah, uh, the smiting of the Sumerian army with blindness, restoring of the sight of the uh, Sumerian army, <clears throat> prophecy, of the end of the great famine, prophecy that the scoffle and nobleman would see but not partake of the abundance, um, the deception of the Syrians with the sound of the chariots, prophecy of the seven-year famine, prophecy of ben Benhad's untimely death, prophecy of Hazel's cruelty to Israel, prophecy that Jehu would smite the house of Ahab, prophecy that Joaz would smite the Syrians at Apex, prophecy that Josiah would smite Syria thrice but not consume it, and the resurrection of a man touched by his bone. Um, so Elijah, um, just going off of this, he did maybe two or three times at least what we have available to us recorded in the text of our first Kings and second Kings, 
two to three times as many miracles as Elijah. Um, so you have uh, Elijah who was selected by our father, by God, to be Elijah's successor as a prophet to Israel. And uh, that's actually recorded in uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 16. And <clears throat> as the, the time that Elijah and Elijah spent together, it resulted in the conferring of power and authority on Elijah to be the prophet of Israel following the death of Elijah. Now, and this is something that we see common in scripture of, of a transference of power, transference of some type of mantle or anointing or passing of a torch. Uh, we see Moses uh, conferring authority on Joshua when he was about to be taken away. And we have the same thing going on with Elijah and uh, Elijah when he was uh, taken away. Um, and I believe this to me, at least there seems to be some parallel between both events. Because Moses was miraculously taken, and the power and the power and authority to lead the nation of Israel through uh, the Jordan River into the Jericho fell upon Joshua. Elijah, he was also miraculously taken. Elijah received the power and authority. Guess what? To cross the Jordan River into Jericho. So uh, Joshua used the Ark of the Covenant to smite the Jordan. And Elijah, he used what? The mantle of Elijah. Um, at God's instruction, Elijah departed Mount Harold and found Elijah plowing with 12 yokes of oxen. And Elijah selected Elijah by throwing his mantle over him. And Elijah responded by slaying the oxen using the yoke as firewood to cook them <clears throat> and then giving the flesh of the oxen to the people to eat. And Elijah began to follow Elijah. Now, Elijah, Elijah, you know, they really don't, as I mentioned earlier, they don't have any individual books named after them, but first Kings and second Kings actually records a lot of uh, the many miracles that they was able to work by trusting and believing in the uh, promises and the power of our Father in Heaven. And we have Elijah transferring the torch or the baton to Elijah. And we know uh, us being in these mortal bodies, they don't last forever. Of course, they will be resurrected at um, in the end uh, of this age or this time. Um, so these bodies don't last forever, so we won't be here. So Elijah had to transfer to Elijah. And Elijah was actually preparing to transfer the battalion or the torch or the mantle to someone else. And actually, they it was a person, this person was in training because he was under him. Um do you have any idea who that person might be? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, the topic of tonight's blog talk podcast is uh, Gehazi. Um, 
Gehazi was actually, I believe, being trained to be a prophet. And he was under Elijah. He would succeed him, you know. So even as Elijah has succeeded Elijah as a prophet, Gehazi could perhaps have succeeded Elijah as an ex-prophet. If, if he had been faithful, you know, uh, Gehazi, which we know he's written about in the book of Kings, but he is really not regarded as a uh, prophet in scripture. Um, Gehazi, like Elijah, Elijah was, was tested. And Gehazi was tested also. And if you remember the story, this testing took place when Naaman, the Syrian general, returned to Elijah after being healed of his leprosy. And out of gratitude for his healing, Naaman returned to Elijah after being healed of his leprosy. Naaman, guess what? He offered Elijah silver and gold. Uh, worth nearly a million rubies and 10 fancy Syrian suits of clothing, you know. Uh, that's a a great temptation for uh, a lesser man than Elijah, you know. But Elijah, guess what? He turned down the offer without any hesitation, you know. And a lot of times, you know, uh, if you watch, I'm not saying all of them, but if you watch a lot of the uh, these uh, mega churches and the television evangelists, you know, they would and they would take that money up quickly. <laughs> you know, they would have quickly took that money. Uh, you even have some people who won't pray for people unless they're going to get paid some type of money or some, or or uh, I've heard of people who won't attend churches unless the microphone was a, a certain type of microphone and that the microphone was worth so much. Um, so you, you have all, all of these, uh, and not all of them because I know some very powerful, um, evangelists and ministers, uh, well-known, uh, one individual was his name, uh, he's not named it. And I've seen him do many miracles, uh, cause legs to grow out and, metal to disappear his name is uh, Tony Kemp and he goes to places for free but guess what our father blesses him but Tony Kemp he travels uh, throughout the throughout the states and the world if you get a chance to see him I would encourage you to see him um, very powerful man of God but getting back to Gehazi and uh, Elijah so we have Elijah turning down this offering, you know, and Naaman, of course, what, guess what? He was an unbeliever and he was a compromiser and Elijah, he didn't really want to accept anything from him. And, and, uh, the fact that Naaman was a compromiser (laughs) is currently seen in what he said to Elijah after he had been healed. He said that, uh, he was compelled to worship idols because of his official position. And Naaman knew that, guess what? He knew that adultery was wrong, but he was unwilling to sacrifice his job for the sake of the truth. 
you know, many people today, you know, even we ourselves, we have to look at ourselves and judge ourselves and evaluate ourselves. Uh, so Naaman told Elijah, in this matter, may the Lord pardon your servant. <clears throat> when my master goes into the house of Remian to worship there, and he leans on my head, and I bow myself to the house of Remian, when I bow myself in the house of Remian, the Lord pardon your servant in this matter. So he wanted some type of forgiveness because of what he was going to do. <laughs> and Elijah, he wouldn't receive anything from a man of this type of, of attitude and character. Um, the early apostles, they had the same pattern. If you want to look at the early apostles, uh, they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. That's uh, in Third John, verse 7. So, and it wasn't because they was Gentiles. Uh, it was because of their their relationship to the Father through uh, Christ. You know, they just didn't want to accept it. And I believe if they were Gentile believers, they would have accepted it. Uh, but Gehazi, you know, he had observed Elijah's attitude towards Naaman's money, but. Uh, he felt that uh, Elijah had been foolish to refuse what Naaman had offered so freely. So guess what he did? He ran after Naaman. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. He he ran after Naaman and told a few lies to collect the uh, the money. You know, so he went there to to get that money, and Elijah, who could see through a crooked man easily and I believe the Holy Spirit or our Father had given him a word he he knew uh, that uh, Gehazi was a, a covetous man and he knew what he had did also he told Gehazi that since he had grabbed Naaman's money he would get Naaman's leprosy as well and he told him therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cleave to you and to your descendants forever. So Gehazi went out from his presence, a leper as white as snow. And that's Second Kings chapter 5, verse 27. So instead of getting a double portion of Elijah's anointing, Gehazi got leprosy instead. And little did Gehazi realize that he was being tested by our father that day. If only he had known what tremendous issues were at stake, he might have been more careful. Um, and we see this repeatedly. Uh, and even in, in our own lives, you know, sometimes we don't realize when we in that situation that God is testing us, you know. It's, it's, it's easy to see in a textbook or in a scripture about how you should respond or how you should act or hear someone to say it. But when you're actually in the situation yourself, you know, that's why it's important to be led by the spirit and in prayer, you get caught up in your environment so easily that uh, you're, you're stuck in that moment, you know, 
And that's what happened to Gehazi. He became stuck in that moment. Um, <clears throat> and Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 31, it says, God left them alone to test them so that he might know what was in his heart. And that's talking about King Hezekiah. So sometimes our father, you know, he'll leave us and, and test us and see he wants to know what's in our heart, you know. Um, so I I say all of this I bring up the history of uh, Elijah And him transferring the mantle to Elijah And now we have this situation With Gehazi I believe Gehazi was supposed to be A prophet You know uh, Elijah He did About at least recorded 12 miracles That were recorded um, Elijah he did about 30 miracles, close to 30 miracles that re- was recorded. So he had a double portion. And I believe if uh, the torture of the mantle would have been passed to Gehazi, it would have been double. So instead, of t- so we had started off with about 12, then we have 30, or close to 30. Then we would have close to 60 miracles that Gehazi would have performed. So Getting back to the uh, the title of uh, this lesson is talking about uh, of the Bible, the Lost Book of Gehazi. So I, I believe uh, Gehazi could have had a very powerful impact in the Old Testament, you know, if he would have submitted, you know, if he would follow the ways of the Lord. And perhaps he would have had a book. It would have been a book of Gehazi, or he would have been mentioned in First Kings or Second Kings or one of the other Old Testament books. You know. Um, so, the, but also part of the topic or the blurb is so. What does this mean to us? I mean, it's it's uh, important to know about the miracles that Elijah and Elijah did and the shortcomings of Gehazi. But what does it mean to us? Forward all the way to the New Testament um, You know many of the things written in the New Testament You know we Like the uh, Philippians 1 Corinthians 2 Corinthians uh, James um, Hebrews All of these uh, We refer to them as Books in the Bible and Scripture uh, but the scripture actually calls them, they don't call them books. They call them epistles. Uh, Romans sixteen twenty two says, I, Tyrius, who wrote this epistle to in the Lord. And epistles is just a, another word for letters. Um, so at mere glance, when we're looking at the New Testament, and that's my focus right now. Uh, they're they're letters, uh, and they were sent through like the old postal system. I'm not sure how they didn't have UPS back in the day, but they would get into these places to the Ephesians and the uh, Philippians and the Colossian people. They were letters to those individuals, and they weren't seen as uh, how we see them today. You know. 
uh, but they uh, provided direction um, how to be saved, how to live a godly life, uh, how do you sub- submit yourself to believers, and how to operate as a church, uh, a body of Christ. Um, but we have them today so that we can learn from them, you know. And even more than that, you know, because I'm I'm saying I know I said they're just letters, but these these letters are written by people who are inspired by the Holy Spirit, by our Father in Heaven, you know. And the they these letters uh, are basically about personal experiences, uh, what you should do and sometimes how you should do it or how you should respond, how you should live. They're basically, even though they were written to those individuals and those different groups, we can use them to give us direction. And that's what they are, letters written to them. But in a sense, they also are letters written to us. That's why they were able to be preserved. I believe our Father wanted us us to, uh, or them to preserve them for us. You know, and as I was studying this lesson, you know, uh, what we know as the Bible, we call it the Bible. We know this is not concluded because uh, there are still many prophecies in this book to be fulfilled, like a lot, some of Revelations in Matthew 24, uh, referring to the Antichrist, you know, and the wars and rumors of wars even the creation of the new heaven and earth. So the Bible is not actually over yet, you know. And in between Revelations and Genesis or in between um, Mark and Genesis, I mean, Mark and uh, Revelation, is a lot of information that pertains to us this day. Um, One of the scriptures... uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 2 it says you are epistles written in the heart of man known and read by all men so what is Paul saying he's saying basically to paraphrasing it that there are more epistles that need to be written. The Bible, you know, it serves as, as our foundation and guidance and direction. But we are part of that Bible. Because Paul says in Second Corinthians 3 verse 2 that we are living epistles. So we as individuals, individual people, um, me, myself, I'm I'm an epistle. Dorothy is an epistle. You who are listening, you are an epistle. And there's many people who don't know our Father yet. They're epistles also, you know. And and these scriptures, you know, the ones that are written that we we can have and learn from. There, uh, that's why they are of uh, so much value, you know. There's so much to know and the Bible that you don't really have to go to look for the lost books of the Bible, you know, because there's so much in the, in the regular Bible. So I don't, don't want to discourage you 
either way, but I do encourage you to focus on the main ones that are in there. Um, but I guess what I'm getting at is you being a living pencil and a letter, you know, and I wanted you to ask yourself, how will your story end? You know, what will your epistle look like? Will your epistle look similar to something like Elijah or Eliza? Or would it be something more comparable to uh, Gehazi, you know? The purpose of scripture is basically to tell the story of how our Heavenly Father, how God is uh, has and is affecting our lives, you know, as a, a world, as individuals, as nations, as groups. That's what the scriptures are about, how how uh, man has allowed God to intertwine in the book, book of Genesis. We have uh, so much stuff is in there about God and man. We have the flood of God and man. Then we have the creation. Um, then in Kings, we have God interaction through the Kings, you know. And even in the New Testament, we have which is uh, the love, the love of a, uh, of a, uh, it says peace be on earth and goodwill from, to man, you know, because uh, there was a war going on between our father in heaven and man, but we have the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And that's recorded in the new Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of how our father in heaven intervened and made this great sacrifice of his son so that we can have communion, fellowship, and relationship with them, and we can know them forever and live with them forever. And that's all recorded in letters and epistles. But the books are continuing because a lot of times people, they're not going to read the whole Bible. You know, they may not watch a teaching program, but they may be your friend. They may be your neighbor, and guess what? They're going to watch you, and they're going to read you. Because they they're curious, you know they they want to know what a real believer and a father looks like, and they're going to evaluate you, and they're going to see either two things, either great miracles happening in your life, and I'm not talking about calling fire down on people, or even raising the dead, though that might happen in your life. I'm not going to say it's not, but it could be something as simple as uh, baking a pie for someone or giving someone a hug. So they're looking at those things. Or we'll be like Gehazi, you know. Um, the choice is ultimately us, you know, ours as individuals. Um, so they're really, if you look at uh, biology and all those kind of things, there really is no really... Lost Book of Gehazi. No one has never read it, written anything like that. I just put that in the title to kind of like, to catch your attention, <laughs> you know. And uh, hopefully that uh, we and myself, speaking of myself, that I will have a book that man can read and uh, see the great exploits of our father through my life. Um, and I'll, I'll end and close with that. And uh, uh, Dorothy, are, are you there? Do you, do you have anything you want to add or say to it? Well, you got me with this one, too, because Gazi, Gazi, who is Gazi? I know that name. 
<laughs> so, yeah, that's a very interesting way to look at it. I mean, that the book of his life being directed by father is non-existent because he didn't follow father. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's... Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm probably, yes, it, it is so important for us, you know, because we don't want to, want to uh, end up like that. But it's so easy when you're in, in a situation, you know, to um, fall into the di- different temptations of this world. Because you're in a trench and you forgot what you have learned or been taught, or in the process of being being taught. So Gehazi's it, it was something. It was uh, something I've I've been looking at for a while, and and uh, studying and one, and and trying to use that as an example of a kind of almost what not to do. Though we make mistakes, I believe actually in Gehazi. I don't have the scripture before me. I wish I did, but uh, as I to believe it's at the end of the Second Kings, it, it uh, shows him he's actually giving a testimony to one of the kings of Israel and telling him about uh, one of the women who had a miracle that happened to her, and he's and he's there with the king talking about something great happened. So I'm not sure really what happened to Gehazi, but I I believe that he may have a uh, it repented in some way because it says that he was talking to the king, and I'm not sure if the king would be around somebody that has leprosy. So I'm, I'm gonna have to do some more research into that one and see. But um, if you have uh, fallen short, you know, um, and done things, oh man, I didn't, I didn't did it, and I went off the edge this time. Uh, no matter, no matter what it is, it's it's never too late to turn back to the father. You, you can be like the prodigal son. Even Proverbs says uh, that a just man falls seven times, but he keeps on getting up. You know, so don't don't be discouraged if you feel like you've been on a path of Gehazi and you're and you're struggling with issues. And just whatever whatever you have, the hope or to hold on to, you just get that. It could be a person, you know. Uh, one scripture, it could be a church, a teaching, or whatever it is. I just want you to encourage you to to uh, get involved with that, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, well, that I guess that's the evening. Um, I can close in prayer, unless Dorothy, you have something else you want to add to it. I am I am amazingly speechless. I know I'm usually very <laughs> chatty at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But nothing is coming. But I probably confuse people with the the, the title or subject. It's like you know you look in a list. It's a like it's a it's a list of a lot of books that uh that people say that are not in the Bible. You know, but a lot of them are just ridiculous books. You know. Um, yeah. It's uh, and then plus there's so much in the regular Bible that I'm sure a lot of us are not living out there. We can just focus on those things, <laughs> you know. So, but then I I was like, well, that'll be an interesting, catchy topic or or title. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, 
Like I said, you got me on it. I'm thinking even <laughs> David said, well, what is that book of Gehazi that he's going to teach on tomorrow? Because <laughs> I, I haven't got a clue. I guess I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So if you try to Google it, you probably wouldn't have found, found any anything on that one. Well, let's, well, let me close in prayer then. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. Um, and Father, we, uh, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and salvation. Um, help us, Father, to be good stewards, Father Lord, of this temple that you place us in our bodies. Help us to think on the things you would have us to think on and desire the things you have, Father Lord, for us to to win the, <clears throat> to win the loss above the loss above our brothers and sisters in Christ to live a godly a godly life, Father. Um, God, your son Jesus, um, in all of our ways, Father Lord. And for those who have uh, fallen short or constantly fallen short, Father Lord, encourage them, Father. Don't let them beat themselves up, Father. Um, we know that your word says, Father Lord, if uh, even if our heart condemns us, Father, that you, Father, Lord, are, are greater than our heart, Father. So let us not be beaten down in condemnation, but let us acknowledge what we're doing wrong, Father, by repentance and turn to you, Father, no matter how big or small we think it is. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Goodness. Well, thank thank you, Jameer. That was very thought provoking. Very thought provoking. <laughs> well, well, Although you, the thoughts are not you. coming to mind, they're still they're still being provoked in there. It's going, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are all epistles. We are living. Oh, what is it? What is that one that says we are living stones? Um, um can't remember. Let's see this. Let's see. Let's see living stones. I, is it in here? I can't remember. Let's see. Um, yeah, First Peter 2, verse 5. It said, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to Father God through Jesus Christ. So that's First Peter 2, verse 5. Uh-huh. I don't know why that popped into my head. I don't know if it's connected. I'll have to do some more thinking. But, um, so let's say good night, everyone. Father bless, and we'll see you next week. And David is teaching tomorrow night. Um, right. Yeah, he's been on a long sabbatical. So, <laughs> so thank you so much, Shamir. You have a good okay, night. Thank you too. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. God bless.